abilities when I was his age, I tell you that. Well, you're going to have to let me know when you guys are in Florida. I think you go down there a little bit to play some golf, don't you? Yeah, we travel that way. We'll have to we'll have to look you up. I'll come down and have a beer with you, okay? That'd be amazing. Ben, good luck to you, man. Thank you for calling. Uh, congratulations. Wish you nothing but the best. Appreciate hey, it. You could just hear the emotion in Ron's voice there. He almost lost it a few times. Multiple times he's choked ben. up. I did like pop at the end there. Better than you. Watch it, pal. I think Roethlisberger is good in those spots. He's. I give him credit. He he does a very good job, even in those impromptu interviews of coming up with lines and thinking on he his feet. Good sense like of, that. He would have. He, he had a nice sense of humor about the whole thing, and he, yep. he was sincere to Ron. It was nice. And I'll and tell what? you, I still that got the golf thing got me down that rabbit hole. You remember what the one right Ben leading that random tournament, and then he just withdrew. Yep. I still want to know the answer. It's the Pulp Fiction. What's in the box for me? What's in the briefcase? That was nice though, and man. Ron was getting, every time I did hear something live today, it just sounded like he was on the verge of tears every single time. Not that I blame him, but a lot of emotion well, in that Well, a room. lot got addressed here uh, on this show. It was obviously just an absolute all-star lineup. So many people, to Ron's credit, wanted to call in and say goodbye. So how about this one? Jamie Dixon now at TCU. Ooh. Ron famously wrote a column that said, Jamie who? Yep, I remember when reading When Ben Howland it. left for UCLA, mm-hmm. Ron crushed crushed it. Crushed the hire. He wanted, if memory serves just off the top of my head, he thought he was pounding the table that they should have hired Skip Prosser. From Carnegie, who died very young, I think, of a heart yeah, attack. Yeah, he, he passed, tragically, but at the time, I want to say he was at Xavier uh, or Wake, Wake Forest. Forest. He was at Wake or Z- Yeah, it was at Wake. Chris Paul. And he and Ron... My memory is Ron said, you think you're a big program. You've got to try to lure a big name like that. And he ripped Jamie in that, that column. Well, Jamie called in to talk about that today with Ron. I, I appreciate you uh, clarifying that. But I uh, you know, I, I think uh, Skip Prosser would have been <laughs> – I would have hired Skip Prosser too. And uh, a lot of uh, uh, Herb Sendek. They wanted to get a lot of other guys, but uh, I've never been the first choice, and pretty much uh, my wife either. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, well, we're, and we've been together for thirty years. So, you know, uh, you mentioned you know, Skip Prosser. You he was yeah. ACC Coach of the Year, and I mean, yeah. it made sense to me. And I, I guess he turned the job down. But man, yeah. Pitt certainly ended up with the right guy. Again, he gets a little yeah, I know. bit choked up there. Uh, I'll give Jamie Ooh. credit for that too. Jamie's obviously had some some pretty good success. He's had solid programs now at TCU uh, and wanted to go back there. Jamie could be, I think we all know. Prickly, but you didn't prickly hear that and in the defensive, interview today. But you, heard, you heard some understandable, some warmth there. And I this is something we I think we've tried to make clear here, I would hope. I do think those people all, even if you don't like what the guy wrote about you, I think, Ron, you're in that room a lot like Ron was. You're covering everything. They see your face. I think it's easier to understand somebody's got to do a job, and sometimes that job means you have to be critical when you think it's warranted. Well, on that vein, uh, there was a good humor joke about that between Ron and Jack Ham when he called in. First of all, I'm glad you're you're finally retiring. You won't call me Jack Lambert anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it twice, twice, twice. And also, I, I think that Charlie calls me and said, I'll put you on around 1140. <laughs> Uh, to talk to you, but no, I get bumped to 11:50 because of Jerome Bettis. So I'm behind <laughs> Jerome Bettis as well. To be honest with you, I always, I always thought Bob Smizek was a great writer. 
Oh, Jack, I'll tell you. Jack is one of the few people who knew about this a long time oh. ago. I confided in him, yeah. um, and he's been on our show so many times. And I always say go, he Kevin. taught me more about football than anybody. <laughs> well, I know. All How about I know that, is- man, Ron? Uh, but you know what, uh, Chris? I would picture if I am lucky enough to be in that same spot in my 60s and I'm doing my final week of shows, I think I'm going to react the same way. Ron said something today that blew my mind. He's excited on Sunday to watch the Super Bowl with his daughter. That did not surprise me. Mm-hmm. But the thing he is excited about is that he doesn't have to think about what he's going to write about the game or what he's going to say about the game the next day. I can't fathom that. As someone that's done this now here for almost 14 years, I feel like I need that like oxygen. Well, you said that you always thought Ron would have to be sort of take the take the keyboard out of his hands or whatever, take the pen out of his hands. I got to be honest, man. I think that about you. Mm. Like I, for better or worse, when I think about if I'm fortunate enough to get to go out on my own terms, I feel like I'll be more than ready for whatever comes next. I will say I had one incident in my, well, one situation in my career that sort of reminds me of a small version of what Ron's going through. And I got choked up knowing jumping onto this time slot from 10 PM to 2 AM and knowing there was a huge swath of listeners that because they worked third shift and were asleep would never hear the show again. Yeah. I definitely, like I was aware and cognizant of that. And even though I was so excited, cause it was this huge career break for me yep. at a time when I felt like I really needed one. I remember getting choked up signing off on that last overnight show because you just know those people like very well because of how that time slot is, and you know you're never talking to them again. Well, speaking about huge career breaks, how about this from Ed Bouchette today on what Ron meant to him? This man is the reason I covered the Steelers for 37 years. Post-Gazette had hired somebody else to cover the Steelers, and Ron was working at the uh, covering them for the press, and at training camp, Ron beat his brains in. I mean, <laughs> this guy was coming out with a nice cushy story and Ron would come out with a bang, a big news story. And it was happening so often, the boss finally came to me and he said, you're now on the Steelers. <laughs> and it, that was the summer of 1985. And I'll tell you, we competed the year before Ron was at the press. I was at the Post-Gazette on the Maulers beat, the old USFL Maulers. And we had a blast. We competed like oh, crazy. but it was so much fun. Right? And then at night, we drank like crazy. <laughs> it was, it was I'm fun. shocked by that. Ed. <laughs> so you know what? Development here. Ed, we heard that before. <laughs> oh, what timing by Joe with that line. I'm shocked by that. Uh, I, was a, I delivered the press as a kid, by the way. So I would have been on Ron's side of that battle. People... Somebody who's like 18 or 19 years old right now listening to this thinking, wait, how many newspapers were there in Pittsburgh at the time? So yeah. Ron spawned Bouchette's Hall of Fame Steelers career because he was doing such a good job on the Steelers beat, but left out of that is the crappy-ass job that the other dude was doing. Who was that? Who's the guy at the Post-Gazette before Bouchette who was just getting their head kicked getting in. annihilated by Ron head to head. I think in the, we'd have uh, to news I think we'd have there. to ask Ed directly via text and promise not to say the name on the air. A good point. Right? He wouldn't he wouldn't give that one up. And that guy was Joe no. Texas on the Edgar Steiner Associates fan text line files on Twitter brought to you by South Hills Chrysler, Dodge Jeep Ram and Peters. So, it was really fun to listen to so many of these big name Pittsburgh uh 
star athletes, Hall of Famers, many of them call in and uh, tribute Ron on the air. And you can go back and listen to a lot of those on our Odyssey app in the Cook and Joe podcast page. Uh, my name is Jim Leland, <laughs> and I want to congratulate Ron Cook on his retirement. There's going to be a lot of Pittsburghers disappointed. They've enjoyed you so many years, and uh, certainly I'm one of them, and I want to congratulate you, although I think you're you're probably doing this to just to take a little bit of attention away from the Super Bowl, but that's okay. <laughs> Another one of Ron's favorites calling in today. Who's left? So let's go through the, the Rolodex here. I got one right off. Leland calls in. Ham yeah. calls in. Yeah. Bettis calls in. Roethlisberger calls in. Bruce Arians calls in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Bettis. Doc Emmerich calls in. Bettis. Uh, who else am I leaving out here? How about in a non-sports one? His daughter called in today. His that was did call that in. was emotional. Lanny Frateri with a surprise call in. Greg Brown wanted to get out, get on the air and say something. Uh, kind and thoughtful to Ron, but they didn't have time for it, so he got he got shut the X. Down. He got he got cut like at the Oscars. They cut some of the categories. Charlie, out the producer, time. like hung up on him like he was a guy that had been waiting on hold for twenty he minutes to ask us late. a question about the Penguins trade deadline thoughts. Uh, from what they said, Greg did not call in until they were basically signing off. It was like one fifty-two, and then here comes Brownie. So he'll have to wait till tomorrow. He thought I guess. they'd have to clear the deck. Cannonball coming. Uh, uh, how about Seth Myers? Seth Myers is a good one. I know Seth was a listener back when I was doing the show with Ron, and he would even DM me sometimes with takes and whatnot. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I have to check. I know he followed, like, all of us. I don't think he ever DM'd me, though. Don, are you followed by Seth Myers? I doubt it. I don't can doubt, check. I mean, you, you might. Uh, who else uh, would be on the list of Ron favorites? Um... AJ Burnett? Just kidding. Yeah, you could get AJ Burnett and Marlon. Could Bird you imagine to call if in. Bonds called in and said, "Ron, you're going out. It's time to bury the hatchet." That would bring the house down. You were there in '92 wearing that weird hat that said uh, "Heads." Heads. <laughs> no, it just said "Head." <laughs> like Al Snow. I no, thought I it think just it said, said "Heads." Really? Because I thought head the brand t- of like surfwear was just I'm, called "Head." I, there is a. It was t- an Al Snow hat. There is a tennis manufacturer called Head, but his hat said "Heads" plural. Was there a tails? Unclear. <laughs> what if we got John Burton to call in as Barry Bonds? <laughs> he loved doing an old Barry Bonds bit. Vinny. If we don't I, there get, was a point today where he thought it he was. He thought it was, but it was he Joe Cop. Joe Cop was Vinny. If we don't get Vinny, at least Giannotti pretending to be Vinny. I think that relationship has thought over the years. And Ron has said some very nice things about Vinny, the person and human. Do you think Vinny... I think he would allow for that, Do you yes. think Vinny would bury the hatchet enough, or has buried the hatchet enough with Ron that I he do. would come on? I do. When Ron covered a game, and I don't think it was this time around, but when he went up for a Seahawks game a few years ago, I remember him telling me that he saw Vinny. And he <laughs> was in his jolly, jovial spirits. I see Vinny doing, like, Twitter spaces all the he time is. now, so he's just still getting after it talking cars. Who else? I did a show with Vinny once. He, I, I told you to start the show. I never did a show with Cook or Giannotti, like, of all the people who are kind of day ones. I did a show during a Steelers game with Vinny that is just, to this day, one of the weirdest three hours I've ever spent on the air. Anyway. Uh, Kevin other, Colbert. Yeah. For sure, Kevin Colbert. Thought about was him. Ka- was Cower a favorite of Ron's? Was there like a relationship there? Uh, I don't think it would. There's a frosty relationship, but I was Howland a favorite of his. Yep. How about Ben? That's Howland? not a bad one. 
Because mm. Ron says all the time the Big East tournament was his favorite event. Uh, Ron, to cover. Ron, with me on that one, that it was my favorite event to watch in that that heyday. Was there anybody that was like an opposing coach that Ron always had like thought like really was fun to cover? Did he like? Was he somebody that randomly liked Tortorella or no? I don't know. Tarian's one that would call in to our show even when he became the Canadiens coach after he left Pittsburgh. Bilesma. I was at Why a, don't you broker that one? I was at a Kenny Chesney concert with Ron. Yeah. And Bilesma's there having the time of his life smoking a cigar. Ron and I are walking through the parking lot and he flagged us down. Probably didn't want to talk to you. He very. was very nice to me. Was this after you had said, what did you this do was to earn after, a new contract? This was after he was Penguins coach. So he had put... He was the Sabres coach He had at put the time. aside the fact that you had basically said, why did you deserve... What did you do to deserve a new deal? Yeah. What? You were at a Chesney concert just with, with Ron? Ron? Yeah, we were tailgating there. Was like Amanda with you? Yeah, I think she was. Yep. What year was that? 2016, maybe? Oh, man. Too bad, too bad we didn't know each other back then. Why, were you there too? I was probably tailgating. I think Alex and I, you know what? I know this for a fact. Alex and I used to just go down there and walk through the parking lot, but then not go. We'd just, like, walk around, then, like, leave. She just wanted to people watch at Chesney. And I remember one of the times we did it, it was legitimately, like, 100 degrees that day. One of the hottest days of the year. And we were wandering around while people were just a disaster. Is there anybody else like on the TV side? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of guys who he covered. No, I know. Who would? I'm trying to think of Steelers Super Bowl champions other than Bettis and Ben. What about like fellow Fanica journalists? You love Fanica, Farrier, any of those guys? Definitely Farrier. Casey Hampton. He always raves about. He loved Casey. Big snack. Kiesel. Any of those guys? I think he obviously respects him. I don't know if those oh, guys you know had a close one? relationship. I don't know if he had a close relationship, but I think just name recognition alone. You imagine Troy calling in. Ron, I don't read the sports pages, <laughs> but I've, I've been oh, told that, you were terrific. Donnie said bring the house down. That would bring that would everything to just a captive audience state. People wouldn't be able to get enough of that. How about Sean Casey? The mayor. The mayor. That's a Ron very guy. Good, very good one. And Ke- Man, Casey would do a great job. You know he'd come on and, and Wax spin poetic. Yarns. Yeah, he'd spin yarns. Hmm. You've really got me. You've got me like working overdrive here. I think the one that I'm actually most pleased that it happened is Jamie. Because Jamie had the reputation. If you criticized him or the team, he could be very prickly. The one time I talked to Jamie about something that wasn't pit basketball, I was stunned at how fun and, and kind of loose he could be yep. talking about anything but that team. So I'm very happy that that, that came off nicely between those two today. Ron, t- Ron told the story about Dave Parker and the 79 Pirates that made me think that Parker won't be coming on. Uh, Ron wrote a critical column of Parker in 79, and Parker in the clubhouse looked at Ron and said, if murder were legal, I would try to get, I would try to do it to you right now. Oh, that's pretty pleasant. What about... Um, Lee Lacey? <laughs> what about uh, Blast? That's a neat... That, yeah, that's a, that looks like a layup to me. Or like that's, a teak. Bob Walk loves Ron. Those two guys used to do a show together on KDK AM all the time. Yep. I'm trying to think of, like, anybody else from my time growing up just, like, listening to Ron. That he has, like, a real soft spot for? Yeah, even athletes are just co-workers. I'm, again, thinking co-workers, but, yes, mainly athletes. I think, I mean, you, they knocked off all the I big mean, ones I'll, today. Well, I'll tell you what. Just about. 
Look to your right. There's a jersey on the wall there, and I know he likes Ron, but he never, ever, ever does interviews, and I wonder if he would make an exception for two minutes. Le Manifique? Yep. Man, that would be something. Ron and I were in the elevator at a Penguins game. I believe it was a Penguins playoff game, and I want to say it was at Madison Square Garden, and it was the two of us, and it was the one time Mario ever said a word to me in my entire life, and he said, Hey, Ron. Hey, Andrew. I listen to you guys all the time. You do a good show. And I'm like, holy bleep. We got to the basement of Madison Square Garden, and I went, oh, my God. Do you think he acknowledges you in the slightest if you're not working with Ron? Probably not. I don't think he'd know what I look like. Can you imagine just Lemieux calling in? Hey, Ron. It's Mario Lemieux. How are you? So I did the showdown last night, and Starkey was there, and the first thing he said to me was, I've been sitting down on my couch watching NFL Network all day because yesterday was the marathon day where they show the half-hour highlight specials from every Super Bowl. And I will confess, there are few days I enjoy more than, than that. Like, I'm Joe and I are on the same wavelength there. Amanda at one point looked me dead in the eye. I'm playing with Amanda, and she said, why are we watching these old Super Bowls? And I'm like, what did you say back? I'm just like, I looked at her like, what are you talking about? Why are we watching old Super Bowls? As if it should be self-explanatory? Yeah. Why does, why does the earth revolve around the sun? I mean, why do we, what's our why purpose do we need here? oxygen to breathe? Why? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Why is there gravity? I mean, just all these things that are essential in life. Why do we need water? I mean, come on. Man cannot live on bread alone, but on Super Bowl highlights past. Yeah. I had that marathon on yesterday. yesterday I didn't watch morning, a single second. Yeah, that, that's what we're talking about. Not one second. I know. Of it. That's oh, yeah. why I said that. Yeah. What do you think? I just came out of the blue and said I had that on? <laughs> <laughs> no, I had it on one of the TVs. and I didn't watch Joel, Joel and I had to talk about that since I found out he has never seen any of the Rocky movies or Happy Gilmore. Uh, Terrible job I, by I, him. I, I'm not Siskel or Ebert, but come on. You're a dude that works at a sports talk station. You haven't seen the Rocky movies? What's worse, he hasn't seen all those, or I didn't watch a second of that yesterday on NFL Network. I think still him. Oh, him by far, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I it's stuff to do, man. I told I I told Joel like because I know he's working with Colin later. They can have like a whole segment competition of who takes more pride in never watching movies. Joel and what do they call it? Siskel and Ebert at the movies. They can call it Joel and Colin, not at the Here movies. Here we have The Godfather. Never seen it. Yeah, never looks seen ca- it. looks kind of right, dumb. We'll move on. The Shawshank <laughs> Redemption. Who gets redeemed? Don't care. Next. <laughs> Citizen Kane, what an ass. I, I just think the NFL film stuff is so good. And it, like it the, is. The Super Bowl 19 highlight video for the Dolphins and 49ers, it's the first year after Facenda dies, so they have someone that's just trying to do a Facenda voice. But the but the the writing is just hilarious. Like there's uh, a clip of Marino just getting gang tackled and brought down in the second half. And the dude's like Dan Marino learned a valuable lesson today. To quote the great James Taylor, sweet dreams and flying machines in pieces on the ground. That was Dan Marino. And it's like, I, we always used to love those. My cousins and my brother and I, <laughs> growing up, we would always say the three, the 1997 Cincinnati Bengals learned many things. The value of perseverance, of lost, co- you know, and then they would hit you with that line yeah. at the end. And, and they went 3-13. and 13. The 1984 season belonged to Dan Marino, but Super Bowl 19 belonged to Joe Montana. Right. 
I uh, do love that part of so, it. So we have something that's unique from that, though. This is the Super Bowl vault. We have found audio from Super Bowl Thirteen. This is when the Steelers beat the Cowboys and became the team of the 70s. They won a third Super Bowl title, and they kept Dallas from winning number three and beat them in the Super Bowl for the second time. A very um, important, memorable game. And so we have some audio here from the Steelers. Jack Fleming, do you have you heard his voice before, Donnie? This is one of oh, the yeah. great play-by-play voices of all time. So here is Jack Fleming and Myron Cope setting up this historic battle between the Steelers and Cowboys. And the Pittsburgh Steelers meet the Dallas Cowboys for the world title. The Steelers fans, they're here in enormous numbers, it turns out. They're huge, terrible cows. Outnumber the Cowboy banners on this side of the field, maybe by uh, six to one. Here come the cheerleaders out. These girls have to live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. They have to have a full-time job. And then they have to go practice two or three hours every night. And after that, they go out to a disco and sit around and race till about four in the morning. I don't see how they've got time to do anything else. (laughs) Well, I'll say this. They also got to be pretty good looking. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of laugh was that coming out of uh, Cope? That's how they set up Super Bowl (laughs) XIII? How about those ladies? It was like Polly Walnuts. You got to live in Dallas, Fort Worth. You got to have a full time. Head into a disco after that? And you drink till three or four in the morning. How do they have time? They have time for anything else. <laughs> you know who I wouldn't like going to a disco? Four in the morning. I don't see how they've got time to do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> something tells me. Something tells me at the very least, Myron knew something about drinking till four in the morning. How about that laugh, though? It's a, <laughs> it sounds like, like Polly Walnuts. Sounds like the Emperor in Star Wars. <laughs> it sounds like such a perverted, devious laugh. I don't see how they've got time to do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it does not sound like an innocent laugh. Sounds like somebody just told him a dirty joke. I mean, joke. this is arguably the biggest game of all time. Would and you take get, a look at those cheerleaders? They Whoa! sidetracked. They're giving us an oral history of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleading crew. And you wouldn't believe the dance steps they got to learn. <laughs> <laughs> and they got to have full-time jobs. How about that as a prerequisite? That was a pretty, pretty interesting twist. Yeah. Like, uh my only part-time job. You're out of here. All right. Yeah, what so, was, why was that such like a, a thing? We right. want the, these are career women who also would like to dress up and dance for the Cowboys. And go into the discos and drink until 4 a.m. What a time to be alive back in the 70s. You know who wouldn't want to go to a, uh, what, a disco or a tango? Bob Seger, right? He didn't want to do any of that stuff. All right, let's Won't fast, even get him out on the floor. Let's fast forward to the coin toss for Super Bowl thirteen. Well, George Halas, the owner of the Chicago Bears, the guy who started it all, he's going to toss the coin, and he is going to toss a 19 dollars gold piece that he paid $372 for when he was heard he was going to do the coin toss. The Cowboys have won the toss. $372, not a dollar more, not a dollar less. He found George. How much that we coin run you? We want you to come out and, and give the uh, inaugural coin toss for the Super Bowl. All right, do you have a commemorative coin for me? Maybe it says Steelers on one side and Cowboys on the other. No, sorry, Mr. Hallis. That's on you, pal. Provide your own coin. Than, I, 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 we got a regular-ass quarter here as backup. BYOC, bring your own coin. And the dude went out. Spent three seventy-two. What is that in 2024 I was just going to say, what do you, well, hold on. What do you think that coin is worth today? 
So let's hear Probably again. on one of those commercials so where wait, you can get a whole set for like $20.99. Let's hear Myron describe the coin again. Well, George Hallis, the owner of the Chicago Bears, the guy who started it all, he's going to toss the coin, and he is going to toss a $19.20 gold piece that he paid $300. A $19.20 gold piece. And he paid $372 for it. Uh, right now I'm looking at. Back in 1979. So I'm looking at this. Uh, it seems like you're in the $3,200 to $4,000 range. Big, it can all be yours for just $19.99. Yeah, Hell about, of an investment by Papa Bear there to buy that yeah. coin. I kind of like the, the no, Bowl. I like the no sell by Fleming too on the broadcast. Like Cope just kind of like jokes around like how much he just spent. To flip this Fleming coin, and all, care. All, he get, all he says is the Cowboys. the Cowboys have won the toss. That's like a Pat Summerall bit right there. Madden's going on and on about something. Aikman, Aikman. Irvin, <laughs> touchdown.